This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com, the online training community where dog lovers from all walks of life can learn how to help their newest puppy or even their oldest dog become the best, happiest member of the family. Get your free membership with access to professional online dog training at FamilyDogFusion.com. This is Devin Best, co-founder of Family Dog Fusion and well-chosen co-host of Discover Your Dog. In episode 39, professional dog trainer and Jack Daniels lover, Benny Copeland, shows you how to train your dog with balance. Also, discover two of Benny's rules that help you create balance in your dog training. And stay tuned for some homework that helps you get that big butt wag from your dog. All in this yin-yang episode of Discover Your Dog. So today we are on episode 39. Very good. What problem are we going to be solving for our dog-loving audience today? Well, today, um, there's one thing that I believe about life, and that's that everything has an equal and opposite action and reaction. And today, this episode is going to reveal a lot about that belief and why I train. And if anybody's looking at the title, um, it's about praising and correcting. And so we're going to be talking about those and two of the rules that uh, I have not covered yet. So how specifically, what problem is this going to, like, what will this reveal to our audience today? Well, if they are following all the directions, they've been doing the homework They've been practicing awareness with their dog. They've been very as consistent as they think they are, and they may not be getting the results uh, they expect or as as quick as they expect. This episode will reveal to them what they are doing or what they can do to get even better results in all parts of their dog training and all parts of that communication. Okay, great. Yeah, that seems pretty helpful because if they've been – uh, there might be a, a ding in our credibility if they've been working along and doing homework and not getting the kind of results that they want. Then uh, this could be this could be really helpful to help them understand why it's not working. Hopefully, yeah, this is it. And to say that it would be a ding in my credibility, nah, <laughs> that's you're you're undingable. <laughs> I'm very credible. <laughs> uh, that's 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 a nicer way to say it. That's the affirmative way of saying. It. <laughs> Undingable. <laughs> so um, you ready to get straight into that topic? Well, let's talk a little bit um, because I did say a little bit before about how I believe that life is, um, you know, about opposite and equal actions, reactions. And that's a big part of the praise and the correction. And it, it's funny because we had an episode where we talked, we compared praise to motivation because of the similarity. Now here we're talking about praise and correction, which seemingly would be opposites, right? They would be opposites to each other. Um, And one of the reasons that I even use correction in my training, it's a big reason why I came up with a 10 to one rule as well. It's because it gets an owner to where they need to be much quicker. If they have the ability to stop their dog from doing what they're doing and pay attention, then they can, 
have a much better ability to get the dog to make a new decision or make a new choice or to react differently in a situation if that's what their expectation is. Yeah, you know, I was looking at your notes and I really like the notes for today's episode and I, and I really like the fact that there is clearly a relationship between praise and correction. There, it's like they're it's like they're two sides of the same coin, and without one, you know, there's imbalance, and without the other, there's imbalance. And so, you know, the, the today's episode title is really about the balance between them. Even though I think our audience is going to learn today that we have to kind of overbalance correction. We have to we have to counterbalance um, against correction by using praise in a you know in a much higher level. Um, so they might kind of seemingly be unbalanced, but it's more about bringing balance to the effects of the training through being aware of how praise and correction relate to each other. Yeah, perfect. And that, now with what you said there, that would bring us right into the main topic. Well, by golly, let's jump into it. Absolutely. Today, what we're going to talk about is two of my rules Um, It's the rule of no and the rule of praise. The rule of no states that whenever you pull the leash, you have to say no. And whenever you say no, you have to pull the leash. Now, before I get into the rule of praise, I want to break that down for everyone. So, Devin, if you were constantly, let's say you had your dog on a leash and you go for a walk. And you're constantly pulling your dog one direction or the other. Um, whenever you stop, you have to put the brakes on. I always call that, you know, when people stop and they pull the leash tight with their dog and the dog stops too because they put the brakes on the dog. Yeah. And you're constantly doing that. When do you think that your dog is actually going to mind you whenever <laughs> she is on the leash or whenever she is off the leash? Well, I mean, if I'm making it a struggle the entire time. Um, or if I'm allowing it to be a struggle the entire time, I can't imagine that's very productive training time, right? Right. And you're creating a behavior from her because if she's off the leash, are you going to be able to control her like that? No, not at all. That's, that's right. Right. So when you're constantly pulling on that leash and you do not associate any word or any phrase or anything with that, then the moment that she's off the leash, if you're saying the same things to her or saying no to her at that point, she's going to look at you and just keep doing what she's doing because you don't have the ability to do it. And that's what happens when I see people, you know, walking down the street and as an owner, you are constantly pulling on the leash. And I, and I talk to owners, like I talk to my clients, like our whole goal here is to constantly have a loose leash. Because if you ever want your dog to do something off the leash, they have to learn to pay attention to your verbal verbal cues and pay attention to your physical cues, not that you are constantly making them do these things. So whenever you pull the leash, you have to say no. So if I'm constantly pulling on the leash and I associate that word no with it later on, no means something. It means stop doing what you're doing, pay attention, because at that moment, I'm making my dog stop doing what they're doing to pay attention. Cool. So you're laying groundwork. Right. And the other side of that, whenever you say no, you have to pull the leash. So if I'm just constantly or Devin say you are constantly yelling at your dog, you're constantly yelling at your dog and saying no, no, no all the time. Now, first, we've talked about this. If you say no to your dog 
and she continues doing what she's doing. What did no? What was no actually then? Um, attention. Right. It was attention for the behavior. Yep. Right. And if you're constantly saying no, and you don't associate the pull of the leash with that no, then at what point? What does no mean? It almost means good dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It could be right because it's attention for the behavior. Right. So let let's put it this way. So Devin, you tell one of your kids. Go clean your room. And then they don't do it, and you don't do anything. And then the next day you say, go clean your room. I told you to go clean your room. And then they don't do it, and you don't do anything. And then the next day you say, go clean your room. And then they don't do it, and you don't do anything. What did go clean your room mean? Absolutely nothing. Nothing, Yeah. right? So if you're constantly yelling no at your dog, and you don't physically have the ability to pull or stop her, then you are teaching her that no means nothing. So that's why the rule of no has both parts. Whenever you pull the leash, you have to say no. And whenever you say no, you have to pull the leash. Does that make sense? Oh, total sense. I'm curious. I was just having this flash. Do you, it's so simple. You know, when you explain it like that, do you see your clients struggling with remembering to tie those two together all the time? usually at first by the time i've gotten on them four or five times uh-huh. you know three or four weeks into it and i've gotten on them four or five times it does become uh much more of a habit and again it this is one that doesn't take as much of an awareness because what happens is is that they start to see these results if you are abiding by this rule very quickly your dog will be doing something you'll get that reactive uh command no and then they'll stop and you'll get that result, and then you'll start to realize, ooh, this is because I'm following that rule. Got it. Yeah. yeah. It goes back to consistency, of course. So it's about consistently implementing uh, a simple habit. So Yeah, it is. It's about that. It's about abiding by the rules. I mean, like with these rules, and that's what the rules are all about. Like when we're going through these rules as we go through this process and the postulates, the postulates are just my theories. Like these are things that I've seen and how they work. And so they're basically theories and some of them are a lot of them um, very much blend in with each other. This is a rule, though, like this is a way that when you are training, you have to do it this way if you want the results in the long run. Because, again, like you said, you're laying the groundwork, you're laying the groundwork for really getting your dog to understand totally and truly what no means, even when they're off the leash later on. Yeah, and these and these rules create structure. Um, a wise man once said to me, "Structure <laughs> is rules." <laughs> I, I knew that was going there for some reason. <laughs> structure is rules. Absolutely, that is a big, big part of um, you know why that is one of the primary things that I teach and that I talk about when I'm working with dog lovers and, and owners. Yeah, all joking aside, I mean, this is really important. I mean, it's it's important yeah. and it is simple in the sa- at the same time. I think the, the key to this is just to, to always begin to draw those two things together, always, every single time, right. no matter what, consistently in every context. No, pull on a leash, pull on a leash equals no. Right. Yeah. And on the other side of that, so going to the opposite and equal action or reaction, the rule of praise. The rule of praise states praise must always be at a higher level than your correction, especially in this situation that you create. So in other words, if you're setting your dog up in situations or if you're tempting your dog in these situations, 
when you're especially working on something, if you ever have to correct your dog for anything, now, first of all, you know, through the 10 to one rule, if you ever correct, you're going to have to praise 10 times. If you are very aware and you can make it that that praise is much bigger and at a much higher level than the correction, that dog is definitely going to respond. Ooh, this is great. You gave homework in a previous episode, very recent previous episode about controlling the correction. You know, we, in that episode on the three correction rule, um, you gave the homework was working with the, the correction, uh, the leash on a chair, right? Correct. And so that was the whole point of that was to control the uh, level of emotion in my voice while at the same time increasing the level of strength that I put into the correction itself, the tug on the leash. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that that's really cool that you're clarifying that today. That's uh, that's useful. Right. So it's not, so my what's new to me is I thought it was just the ratio. I thought was, we were just going to be like rephrasing the 10 to one again, yet again, you know, and it sounds like to me that we're talking about a whole different like energy level. Right. And that's what it is. It really comes to because like the way you just said that where you wanted to keep the same tone and yet make a, a stiffer, a little stronger correction. Even when you go to the praise side, you have to think about that. Was that did I have to reach that high level of correction that I feel is a high level of correction for me? And that's different for everybody. If I had to reach that high level of correction, even if my tone was even and good, I still have to have a very high level of praise. And that means if the correction finally got to the point where, oh, okay, he stopped and did what he was supposed to do. Now, when he does it in a little while later and he makes the choice and he does it, man, I better be all over him. Right. I better let him know, hey, this is what I wanted you to do. This is the expectation. And so as I realized, you know, we're talking about this, I realized that I was trained in this negative, this corrective method of training. And as I was writing the notes today, I saw that, you know, to only correct the dog to make him stop doing that thing. If that's all I'm doing and I don't create that other choice or I don't know what that choice is that I need them to make, that what we talk about stating it in the affirmative, if I don't know what that is, then I got it with the dogs. Like they would come to me or I would go to get them from their kennel or whatever it was and I would notice resistance. I would notice kind of a bad attitude toward training, mm -hmm. yeah. not wanting to train. You know, they were, they were very resistant to it. And that's because that was all I was using. I was using that corrective method to get them to stop doing the things, and especially if a dog didn't have a real subservient personality. You know, like it was a, a very confident, very, because um, I know, I mean, not every dog wants to serve you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Contrary to popular belief. Right, and... <laughs> And there are some dogs that are very independent out there. And if that dog had that independent personality, confident personality. How about aloof, an aloof dog? Yeah. Yeah. Even an aloof dog. At those moments that I'm using only correction to get them to stop doing it, it's going to be miserable for them as well. You know, I think a lot of our audience and definitely I can relate to the idea that, uh, you know, when I, whenever I've had a new job. There's almost always some kind of a training program that goes on. Some are better than others, right? You know, huh. some some are um, setting the expectations. Some are really good about setting the standard and developing the team aspect of things. And some of it's just about technical training and what to do. You know, how to answer the phone properly or what to say to a uh, you know a guest or a, a whatever. Um, hmm. And I've I've been through training programs that it was it was training by 
uh, trial and punishment. <laughs> yeah. you know, where, okay, I'm not giving real clear guidelines here, so I'm just going to do this and hope for the best. Hope that I don't get my my butt chewed out or get you know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually lost a job, got fired for taking a risk that was not the right risk. I was not <laughs> I was not empowered to take that risk nor authorized to do so. Did it anyway, and uh, you know got the result. So this is I think everybody can probably relate to this from a personal level that. Um, you know, actually, I've just just I hesitate there because I just I read this Harvard study a while back that was about what are the primary influencers on people's performance at a job, and the you know everybody thinks that more money, right? If I just give you you know ten oh, more no. thousand dollars a year, then you'll do more of it and you'll do better. Well, that's not the case. We learned from this Harvard research that immediate recognition of a job well done by a, by a direct superior, not mm-hmm. some CEO, but like my direct superior. That makes the biggest difference in whether or not people stick around at their jobs or if they have job satisfaction. That's right. So how that relates to what you're talking about is we're, we're still talking about immediate recognition of a job well done. And we're talking about really amping it up, you know, mm-hmm. like really taking it over the top, right? It really comes from those social expectations. So I had a client one time and he was very mil- military. He was, you know, a retired military and he had a German Shepherd. And this dog had a super personality. And I really loved working with this guy. He was he was just a stand-up guy. And we were working on something. And I told him, I, uh, he really had a habit of when he would walk his dog and his dog would do really good with him, he would just walk with him. He wouldn't say anything to him. And I said, you know, it really helps if you could praise your dog while he's walking with you loose on the leash. And he stopped. And I learned a really great lesson here. He said to me, I am not going to praise my dog for doing the thing that I expect him to do. If he's doing what I expect him to do, he does not deserve praise. Now, if he goes over and above, that's when I'll praise him. And I got it. I mean, that's what we do, you know, with our children, with our spouses, uh, colleagues, or even subordinates in, um, in our job. When we get the behaviors we expect, I might acknowledge them. I might say, hey, you know, kind of good job, but I'm not really going to give any kind of reward or any over attention to that because, hey, it's what I expected you to do. And then the only time that they get attention or reward is when that person goes over and above. And this is kind of the attitude that we had. Well, unfortunately, in communicating with dogs, that does not work. See, once I learned that if I'm praising my dog and I'm using that as a method to teach them and I'm starting to get them to understand, hey, there's another choice. There's something else you can do. And when you do this thing, it's amazing. Then I get that love and affection returned to me. And See, I love this. I love this because um, part of the reasons that I thrive off of doing this show with you is that doing this with you reinforces other things that I'm working on in my life. Specifically, my oldest son who has Asperger's. Mm-hmm. Um, our counselors have finally gotten through to me over the past three or four years that I need to be looking for every opportunity to praise any behavior that I find desirable. Right. And to minimize my corrections, you know, minimize my punishments, minimize my, you know, and to really like turn on my awareness constantly to be scanning for anything mm-hmm. that he does in the right direction to praise it, praise it, praise it, to go for it. So this is really great. And I, it was a shift in my awareness. It was a shift in my relationship with my son, in fact. When I finally got it that, you know, this isn't really such a chore. It's really great to be able to praise somebody and really great to look for the good Absolutely, in, in a situation, yeah. to look for the good in the person and to look for the effort that they are 
putting forth. And so it's, it's a natural extension that to do this with the dogs and to have such a, a great response to that, just that simple turn of awareness to, to look for all opportunities to praise seems like it would set up this really fantastic relationship between me and the dog. Well, I mean, think about it though. If even with your son or with anybody, I mean, with people that I work with, I'm always looking for those moments now, you know, in, in stuff, negative stuff's going to happen. I mean, it just does. Those are the, that's the, process of life and when i get it that i can respond and react to the negative things and almost a neutral to no reaction right and i'm reacting to the positive things in a very pleasing positive way even people around me want to be around you know they want to and they don't even know why like it's a very unconscious (laughs) thing they're just like why do i like to be around benny did you ever read that book how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie no, it's amazing. You're illustrating <laughs> one of those points in there. It's a classic book and I highly recommend it. I read it when I was 13 years old and um, I remember getting a lot of flack. Oh, you're trying to win friends and influence me. And, right, oh, right. I'm just trying to learn how people work, you know, right. how, how people work. And one and of the things that all that book's about. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's just really identifying what people wait. Didn't you just tell me you hadn't read it? I haven't read it. And how would you know? I've done summaries on it. And I've to the <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Just listen to a podcast and they totally discussed this book. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> so, so does that intrigue you a little bit to read the book? Cause it's great. I'm telling yeah. you, it is, it's a pivotal book to read for, I think anybody who, who engenders success in their life and happiness. Cause I mean, we all even her, I mean, no man is an Island. I'm not sure there was a poet that said that, but no man is an Island. I mean, we all exist in, in society. And so to be able to, have a profound impact on the people around me in a positive way through learning how we work. Why not? And it definitely directly translates into dogs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the thing about it is I don't want any more friends. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. I got plenty. (laughs) That's enough for me. You're enough. (laughs) (laughs) My brother would say that I'm more than enough. (laughs) More than enough. All the what? ones I have, they keep calling me on my stuff. <laughs> See, that's what you've done. You've set that's it up right. to where, you know, we, if you if you adhere to a code, by God, we're going to call you on that I code. I don't want to influence anybody else like that in my life. <laughs> I got enough influence. <laughs> you know, that's a big thing, too. We're going to talk about in the homework, how to practice this with the dog. And uh, for the dog lovers out there, I'm back to the homework. We took a little uh, one week hiatus from it, and we're going to go back to the homework. Are you ready to dog paddle into today's homework? Dog paddle in. You ready? I'm ready to splash around. All right, let's splish splash. In the homework this week, you, our dog lovers out there, are going to practice loving on your dog. I have to remind owners sometimes to practice this, just to love on their dogs. And especially to be aware when their dog is doing the right thing and to be aware is their praise over what they were correcting. And so that's what you're going to do in your homework. Now, in the homework, you're going to do this for six days. You're going to take your dog for a walk and that's it. And it's going to be a minimum of a five minute walk. If you want to do longer, that's absolutely fine. And this is going to help you to practice on your awareness, on how you're behaving around your dog, and are you being aware when your dog is doing what you expect. Now, during the walk, I always expect my dog to walk with me with a loose leash. So anytime that your dog is walking with you, loose on the leash, and I don't care, right side, left side, a little bit in front, a little bit in back, does not make a difference. 
loose on the leash, you're going to get very overanimated in your price. Good boy. What a good boy. You're doing so good. Now, don't try to reach down and touch your dog. The unfortunate part of that, I want you to remain upright in your walk. So I want you to stay on all twos. <laughs> so if you uh, try to reach down and sometimes it creates a little complication, all I want you to do is use your body language and your voice tone uh, to be over animated with your praise. And I want you to look at your dog. Like as you're doing that praise, I want you to look for things like that big butt wag. Notice that you get a little extra perk in her step. Sometimes what I've noticed when I get overly um, aggressive with my praise is that my dog gets excited and then takes off in front of me. So if your dog pulls on the leash or lags back behind you and the leash gets tight, I want you to start standing upright, get a little bit stiff in your walk, and just keep moving. And if he pulls too much forward, maybe even change directions on it without saying a word. Now, one of the things that I've learned through training, and we might get into a podcast on this, is that ignoring a behavior is the best way to correct a behavior. In this situation, that's what you're going to do. You're not going to say the no when the leash goes tight. You're just going to ignore the behavior, and you're going to continue your walk and go the direction that you want to go, not the direction your dog wants to go. And if it means changing directions, you can. Now, one of the other things that you could do throughout the walk is you might stop and then ask your dog to sit. If you do this, you're going to say sit one time, sit, and then you're going to wait three seconds. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. No body language. Don't repeat the command. Don't even look at your dog. If she sits within that three seconds, give her lots of love and immediately release her. So it'd be like, all done. What a good girl. What a good girl. Big praise. You could even reach down and love and pet and give her all kinds of attention. If she doesn't sit within that three seconds, you're just going to say, all done. Or, or if you have a different release command, some people say um, free dog. Some people say, okay. Whatever your release command is, you're going to release your dog and then you're going to continue your walk. So you have three seconds. If your dog sits, big love, big praise with a, an immediate all done, immediate release. And then if she doesn't sit, you just say all done and continue your walk with little to no body language or voice tone or anything like that. Okay, uh, clarification here. So I'm hearing two different exercises for this week, right? That is um, the one. It should is- be done within one. Like, in other words, it's while they're on that five-minute walk. And you may want to do a sit, you know, through the process of that walk, maybe three to five times. Okay, so we're going to do this walk um, six times during the week, at least five minutes. And we're going to practice this sit and release thing at least three times on the walk. Yeah, and it's not necessary. It's just one other thing that they could do um, through the process of the walk. The, the big part of the homework is the walk. It's go on the walk, really be aware that you're praising your dog when she's loose on the leash and she's walking with you and that you're praising her and giving her a lot of attention for that. And the moment that she hits the end of the leash or is tight on the leash, that you are no longer giving her any kind of verbal or physical cues. You're just walking. Perfect. That sounds great. All right. Very good. Thanks for that uh, clarification there. Thank you for your clarity. (laughs) (laughs) Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. So to summarize today's podcast, number one, no means stop doing what you're doing and pay attention to me. We also talked about the rule of no, which states whenever you pull on the leash, you have to say no. And whenever you say no, you have to pull on the leash. And we addressed the rule of praise. 
Praise must always be at a higher level than the level of your correction. And our homework this week was to take your dog for a walk. Dog lovers, we'd like you to check out our Facebook page. It's called Family Dog Fusion, and you can get to it by going to facebook.com slash familydogfusion. Now, what you'll find there is uh, kind of a catch-all for uh, our, our show. What we do is we post our episodes there. Each one of our episodes is posted there. We answer questions on there. Benny sometimes will post an article or a comment that stimulates conversation. And, and also, the key thing that it lets you do is it, it provides a really simple, easy way for you to get in touch with us. You can put your questions on there. You can comment. You know, If you disagree with something that we've talked about on the show, we'd like to hear about that. Let's argue. Let's argue it out. If you want to send hate mail, Benny's personal home email address is <laughs> <laughs> maybe not so much, but it is a good place and it's a developing community that we'd like to direct your attention to and you can get some good value out of what you find on that page. So go to facebook.com slash family dog fusion and click that little like button. And when you do, it's going to offer a little drop down menu. If you'd like to see our posts more regularly, you can choose that option to see posts in your newsfeed feed. Or you can even get notifications. Uh, every time a new piece of content is produced on that page, you can get a little notification and you'll see that we've got new content. So pop on over to the Facebook page, give us a like, and we'll see you there. All right, everybody. We'll see you all next week when Benny discusses how you create good and bad behaviors with your dog. See you then. Also, if you're listening to this show on Stitcher, please give us a thumbs up now. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, plus a social media overreaction. Sir Isaac Newton. Gosh, bless those dogs. (laughs) Well, our dogs are listening to this show on Stitcher, so they're giving us a pause up now. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's like the more you talk about them, the louder they get. Hilarious. Uh, It'd be funny if we could actually use this in the show somehow.